0: Chapters 1 and 2 of the Rule of Saint Benedict. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenever. The Rule of Saint Benedict by Saint Benedict of Nursia. Translated by Anonymous. Chapter 1 Of the Several Kinds of Monks. It is well known that there are four kinds of monks the first are cenobites that is monastic living under a rule or abbot the second are anchorites or hermits who not in the first fervor of conversion but after long probation in the monastic life have learned to fight against the devil and taught by the encouragement of others are now able by god's assistance to strive hand to hand against the flesh and evil thoughts and so go forth well prepared from the army of the brotherhood to the single combat of the wilderness. The third and worst kind of monks are the cerabites, who have never been tried under any rule, nor by the experience of a master, as gold is tried in the furnace, but being soft as lead and by their works still cleaving to the world, are known by their tonsure to lie to God these in twos and threes or perhaps singly and without a shepherd are shut up not in our lord's sheepfolds but in their own the pleasure of their desires is to them a law and whatever they like or make choice of they will have to be holy but what they like not that they consider unlawful the fourth kind of monks are called garovagi or wanderers who travel about all their lives through divers provinces and stay for two or three days as guests, first in one monastery, then in another. They are always roving and never settled, giving themselves up altogether to their own pleasures and to the enticements of gluttony, and are in all things worse than the Sarabites. Of their miserable way of life, it is better to be silent than to speak. Therefore, leaving these, let us, by God's assistance, set down a rule for cenobites or conventuals who are the most steadfast class of monks chapter two what kind of man the abbot ought to be an abbot who is worthy to have charge of a monastery ought always to remember what he is called and in his actions show forth the character of ancient for in the monastery he is considered to represent the person of christ seeing that he is called by his name as the apostle saith Ye have received the spirit of the adoption of children, in which we cry, Abba, Father. Close quote. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Therefore, the abbot ought not, God forbid, to teach, ordain, or command but what is conformable to the commands of our Lord. But let his commands and doctrine be mingled in the minds of his disciples with the leaven of living justice. Let the abbot always be mindful that, in the dreadful judgment of God, he must give an account both of his doctrine and of the obedience of his disciples, and let the abbot know that any lack of profit which the master of the family shall find in his sheep will be laid to the shepherd's fault. But if he have bestowed all diligence on his unquiet and disobedient flock, and employed the utmost care to cure their corrupt manners... HE SHALL THEN BE ACQUITTED IN THE JUDGMENT OF THE LORD, AND MAY SAY WITH THE PROPHET, I HAVE NOT HIDDEN THY JUSTICE IN MY HEART, I HAVE TOLD THY TRUTH AND THY SALVATION, BUT THEY CONDEMNED AND DESPISED ME. PSALM 34, VERSE 2, AND ISAIAH CHAPTER 1, VERSE 2. AND THEN FINALLY DEATH SHALL BE INFLICTED AS A JUST PUNISHMENT UPON THE DISOBEDIENT SHEEP. WHEN THEREFORE ANYONE RECEIVES THE NAME OF ABBOT, he ought to govern his disciples with a twofold doctrine that is he ought first to show them all virtue and sanctity more by deeds than by words hence to such as are intelligent he may declare the commandments of god by words but to the hard-hearted and to those of the ruder sort he must make the divine precepts manifest by his actions in the next place let him show by his own deeds that they ought not to do anything which he had taught them to be unfitting, lest, having preached well to others, he himself become a castaway. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27 And God say unto him, thus saying, Why dost thou declare my justices, and take my testament in thy mouth? Thou hast hated discipline, and cast my speeches behind thee and thou who dost see the mote in thy brother's eye hast not seen the beam that is in thy own psalm chapter forty six verse sixteen and seventeen and matthew chapter seven verse three let him make no distinction of persons in the monastery let not one be loved more than another except he be found to surpass the rest in good works and in obedience let not one of noble parentage on coming to religion be put before him who is of servile extraction, except there be some other reasonable cause for it. If upon just consideration the abbot shall think there is such a just cause, let him put him in any rank he shall please, but otherwise let every one keep his own place, because, quote, whether bondmen are freemen, we are all one in Christ, Close quote. First Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 13, Romans, chapter 2, verse 2 and bear an equal burden of servitude unto the lord quote, for with god there is no accepting of persons close quote. ephesians chapter six verse nine on one condition only are we preferred by him and that is if in good works and in humility we are found better than others therefore let the abbot bear equal love to all and let all be subject to the same discipline according to their deserts for the abbot ought always, in his doctrine, to observe that apostolic form wherein it is said, quote, reprove, entreat, rebuke, close quote. Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 2. That is to say, he ought, as occasions require, to temper fair speeches with threats, let him show the severity of a master and the loving affection of a father. Those who are undisciplined and restless he must reprove sternly. But with such as are obedient, mild, and patient, he should deal by entreaty, exhorting them to go forward in virtue. But the stubborn and negligent, we charge him to severely reprove and chastise. Let him not shut his eyes to the sins of offenders, but as soon as they show themselves, use all possible endeavors utterly to root them out, remembering the fate of Hell, the priest of Silo. 1 Kings chapter two verse twelve and following. With the more virtuous and intelligent, let him for the first or second time use words of admonition. But the stubborn, the hard-hearted, the proud, and the disobedient, even in the very beginning of their sin, let him chastise with stripes and bodily punishment, knowing that it is written, quote, "The fool is not corrected with words." Close quote. Proverbs chapter thirteen verse thirteen. And again, quote, strike thy son with the rod, and thou shalt deliver his soul from death. Close quote. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 14. The abbot ought always to remember what he is and what he is called, and know that unto whom more is entrusted, more from him is exacted. And let him consider how difficult and hard a task he hath undertaken to govern souls, and to accommodate himself to the humors of many, some of whom must be led by fair speeches, others by sharp reprehensions, and others by persuasions. Therefore let him so adapt himself to the character and intelligence of each one, that he may not only suffer no loss in the flock committed to him, but may even rejoice in the increase and profit of his virtuous flock. Above all things, let him take heed not to slight, or make little account of the souls committed to his keeping, and have more care for fleeting worldly things than for them. But let him always consider that he hath undertaken the government of souls for which he shall also have to give an account, and that he may not complain for want of temporal means. Let him remember that it is written, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all things shall be given ye. MATTHEW CHAPTER 6 VERSE 33 AND AGAIN QUOTE NOTHING IS WANTING TO SUCH AS FEAR HIM CLOSE QUOTE PSALM 33 VERSE 19 LET HIM KNOW THAT THE MAN WHO UNDERTAKES THE GOVERNMENT OF SOULS MUST PREPARE HIMSELF TO GIVE AN ACCOUNT OF THEM AND HOW GREAT SOEVER THE NUMBER OF BRETHREN MAY BE LET HIM KNOW CERTAIN THAT AT THE DAY OF JUDGMENT HE WILL HAVE TO GIVE TO THE LORD AN ACCOUNT FOR ALL THEIR SOULS AS WELL AS FOR HIS OWN thus by fearing the examination which the shepherd must undergo for the flock committed to his charge he is made solicitous on other men's account as well as careful on his own and while reclaiming them by his admonitions he is himself freed from all defects end of chapter 2 end of chapters 1 and 2